Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Sunday, September 4th. I'm Carol Gold and welcome to Think for Yourself. I hope you're all either having a great Labor Day weekend or if you're listening to the podcast sometime in the coming week, I hope you had a wonderful Labor Day weekend. I want to start with some thoughts about President Biden's speech last week, but I think I have something to share that you've not heard anywhere else and likely may not hear anywhere else. Because there's been a lot of critiquing of both the stagecraft and the content and the delivery of the speech. But I want to talk about another possible angle. And it's not the first time that I'm discussing this. I actually addressed this probably four or five months ago in another podcast that I did. But the example that was put before the nation in that speech on Thursday is the most stunning and profound example of what I spoke about previously and what I want to share with you now. If any of you have ever had an experience such as I did, which is when my dad passed away prior to his death, he had a deteriorating mental condition as a result of insufficient oxygen to his brain, probably because of heart failure. And what I experienced in that slow decline was something that's really hard to comprehend unless you've been through it yourself. So maybe some of you have, but if not, let me share what it's like. What happens is as we age, all of us, not just my father, all of us, as we age, we begin to have for some reason less and less ability to sort of monitor and modulate extreme portions of our personality. And we all have little quirks. And for most of our lives, we're able to, as I said, monitor them or keep them at bay, not have them front and center. Or if they are, they're highly sporadic. Maybe someone loses their temper. Maybe someone laughs inappropriately because of whatever their own insecurities, their own awkward social skills, whatever it is. Everybody has little quirks. Some people it's anger. Some people it's, let's call it sloth. (laughs) Some people, you know, are messy. Some people are OCD, whatever it is. Many of us, if not most of us, learn how to keep a handle on that stuff. But for some reason, as we age, it seems to become more difficult to monitor, to modulate that kind of extreme behavior especially when someone has deteriorating oxygen flow to the brain where all of their cognitive skills are not front and center and aren't functioning at optimal levels, it becomes not only difficult, at some point it becomes impossible to hide basically what's been going on under the surface all along. I saw it with my dad. He had a very authoritarian type personality and he dealt with it with a lot of humor and some sarcasm. And, you know, he he was seen as a very effective and a very successful businessman. But a lot of it was really 
around this underlying drive that he had that was probably predicated upon the fact that as a young man, as a young, probably when he was in high school, his father abandoned the family. And my father had five, six actually, brothers and sisters. He was the oldest and it fell on him to raise the other children. And I think that created in him all kinds of emotional issues that back then in that generation, there was no therapy, that wasn't an option. You did what you did to survive. And I think it colored him his entire life. But again, in his last years, he became unable to modulate and moderate that underlying frustration, anger, sarcasm, all of those things. And he became what I basically say we all become, which is somewhat of a caricature of ourselves because the mask is gone the facade is gone, and what's left is really what's happening underneath. If you watched President Biden's speech, it was probably the most consistent and easily identified display of his authoritarianism, his elitism, his anger, his unwillingness to compromise, and his ability to say one thing And then two sentences later, say something else. He was, in fact, a caricature of who Joe Biden has always been. But those facades that I talked about, the facade that he had, that he got through a political life for, what, over 40-some years, they're gone. It's gone. And what we saw in that speech was actually quite terrifying because it was an authoritative judgmental, condescending president of the United States who was calling out almost 72 or 73 million people as being a threat to the nation. And then, as I said, a few sentences later, as he tried to wrap up the speech, he said that he's the president of not just red America or blue America, but all America, which not only is a contradiction, but it's a flat out lie. So the reason I wanted to share it with you is because it gets played differently depending on what media you're listening to, depending on which political agenda you're listening to. And it's really important that you see that speech for what it was, because objectively, both the stagecraft, meaning the blood red lighting on Independence Hall, the two Marines standing at attention, which was its own abject violation of everything that the presidency stands for. It really was Hitler-esque. It really was Mussolini-esque. It really was Castro-esque. It, it really was the dictator attempting to intimidate the listeners. So from the stagecraft to his delivery, which was beginning to end angry, judgmental, and authoritarian, It's important that we see that for what it is because it's incredibly dangerous. I think that people around him are now full throttle using him as they have been all along. But now he's just a puppet. He's just reading what's on the prompter. He's not even all that sharp as to what's going on around him. I tried to pay attention when Jill Biden and he first walked out of the entrance that was set up for them coming out of Independence Hall. They were holding hands, and if you watch her, she's smiling and alert and looking kind of perky for the camera. 
He looks dazed as he walks toward the podium with her. And in fact, he continues to look dazed as he turns to sort of head her off the stage. But you can tell that he himself isn't sure where he's going. She, in turn, whispers to his ear and sort of turns him around toward the podium. So as I said, he's being used by everyone, including his wife, certainly for a political agenda by those who are hangovers from the Obama administration and, as I've said before, elder abuse by his family. I think it's important that you think for yourself, you watch it for yourself, and you put all politics aside and just think about how I framed it in the opening of today's podcast. I want to move on, and I want to move on to something not totally unrelated, actually. I want to move on to the subject of confusion and chaos and distorting the truth. I was thinking about in the Christian Bible, because I'm Jewish, so the Torah, the first five books of Moses, the Old Testament is the document that I tend to, certainly that I was raised on and that, you know, I turn to if I'm looking for spiritual guidance. But in the Christian, in the New Testament, the word is often referred to, right? Which is Jesus speaking the word. Why is it called the word? Well, it's called the word because it's truth. The word is truth. We also say, those of us who are metaphysical and spiritual, but not necessarily religious, call it the light, right? What's in the light? What's in the light is true. What's in the light is the word. And Jesus spoke the word because he spoke unequivocal truth. The opposite of that is the twisted word, I like to say. The twisted word is not truth. The twisted word is deception. The twisted word is not the light. The twisted word is darkness. And the twisted word is what we call evil or satanic. And the word is Jesus, or the word, I guess we could say, is Moses, or the word is anyone who speaks the truth of God coming from a place of light, is coming from a place of the highest good for all concerned. In light of that, let me talk about gender pronouns. Gender pronouns are a a means, they're a way of abdicating personal responsibility, which is a huge problem in this country, and it's kind of how we got where we are. When you refer to yourself in the third person, or you ask other people to refer to you in the third person, like they or them or theirs, what you're doing is you're removing yourself from personal responsibility for your own behavior. And other people are also removing you from personal responsibility. Because when you talk about yourself in the plural, when you talk about yourself in anything but I or me, then you're attempting to distance yourself from what it is you're saying or doing. I am, that phrase I am, remember in the Bible, in the Old Testament in Torah, when Moses asks, what is your name? Who shall I say you are? And God responds, I am that I am. I am oftentimes is referred to as the anarchy on reality. So whatever you put after the words I am is what you create. Because those are powerful words. They are words of creation in a sense, in a very real sense. So when you say, I am frustrated or I am in pain, you sort of solidify, you make manifest your frustration and your pain. When you say, I am joyful and I am healed and healthy, you manifest your joy and your healthfulness. 
using the power of the name of God to say that I am, I am transgender, I am they, them, whatever it is you're using those pronouns for, it's not to hold yourself accountable. It's to actually make yourself unaccountable. And when I said I am transgender, what I, what I want to say about that is I have to believe there are people who are born with gender issues. I think they are a minuscule amount of people. I think what we're experiencing now is mass psychosis around gender dysphoria. When I say that to say that I am transgender, when someone says that, I'm not talking about that minute portion of the society who has a biological challenge as a result of chromosome perhaps imbalance or chromosome malformation. The rest of it is nonsense. The rest of it is mass psychosis. Let me say this about the confusion and the chaos. I was listening to someone on YouTube. He is a, I think he's like a transgender manager or transgender department head at Einstein Hospital in Philadelphia. I was watching his YouTube video. He was explaining about pronouns, and I'm going to quote what he said. One of the safest ways to find out a person's pronouns is by sharing your own pronouns when you introduce yourself. Even if you identify as a cisgender person, you can, for instance, say, Hi, my name is Clara, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. Sharing your own pronouns provides the other person with an opportunity to share theirs. In the event that the other party doesn't reciprocate by also sharing their pronouns, you can just politely ask what pronouns they use, end quote. I watched this lunacy and thought to myself, how in the world could you possibly make meeting someone more complicated, more awkward, more ridiculous than to go through this process? It's part of what is happening from the left. It's part of what's happening from outside actors outside of the United States, from other dictatorial, socialistic, communistic countries who seek to take over this nation. They have corrupted the culture. And it's nonsense like that. And if you accommodate nonsense like that, it's simply bad behavior without consequences. Those people should be laughed at. Someone who approaches you with that conversation, my reaction to, to someone approaching me like that would be, you've got to be kidding me. How confusing do you want to make life? And if you think that not going along with this nonsense doesn't have its consequences, it does. Going along with it has consequences for sure. Going along with it, it means you, you're abdicating your sanity to someone who is clearly not mentally sound. But if you don't go along with it, then you experience what is happening to a Southern Utah tenured professor. His name is Richard Bug, and he's filed a lawsuit for violation of his First Amendment right of free speech. Why? Well, he was terminated for not using the correct pronouns when addressing a student. 
Now he said he tried two or three times, but he kept kind of messing up, which isn't hard to understand because as I said, if someone walked up to me with this whole nonsensical paragraph about what are my pronouns and what pronouns would I prefer they use and what pronouns would they prefer I use and 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 then I have to remember who's a they and who's a her and who's a I mean insanity right so he tripped up he tried but he tripped up well six days into the semester a student filed a Title IX complaint with the Title IX Office of the University of Southern Utah. The reason they can file a Title IX complaint is because the Biden administration has stretched now Title IX to include transgenderism. So that by ignoring someone's pronouns, you are threatening them or not complying with Title IX, which is Title IX was intended to protect people with disabilities and to not be able to discriminate based upon sex, not gender, sex. So what happened? Well, there was an investigation and there was a conclusion. And the conclusion was that Professor Bug had allegedly violated the school policy by discriminating and harassing a student based on, yes, gender identity. Three months later, the professor was accused of sexual harassment for refusing to use pronouns requested by another student. Professor Bug was ordered to attend gender identity training. This is like brainwash camp, right? This sounds like communist China. He continued now to refuse to use the pronouns, and he was warned of additional sanctions, including reduction in salary if they had to hire other professors to teach the course because students were refusing to attend his classroom because they were being sexually harassed because he wouldn't use their pronoun. Are you following this? This is like insanity. Do you know who Saul Alinsky is? Saul Alinsky was an American community activist and political theorist. He wrote a book called Rules for Radicals. I want to read you one line, one short quote from the book. He who controls the language controls the masses. Worth repeating. He who controls the language controls the masses. I want to make two points about that statement. Number one, Saul Alinsky is the god of the left. He is the playbook, literally, Rules for Radicals is the playbook for the Obama administration, the Biden administration, and all of those on the left who have been driving this country towards socialism and communism, who have sought to undermine the American experience, the American soul, the American future. But think about the sentence that he said, he who controls the language controls the masses. He didn't say they, he didn't say those, he said he, because he knew what he was talking about. He understands the power of responsibility of an individual and the power that an individual can wield if they control the language. Then you control the culture and you control the masses. The other really dangerous thing that's happening is that we have become guilty until proven innocent. They did it to Trump. They continue to do it to Trump. Guilty until proven innocent. But that filters down. It doesn't just stay with Trump. If you haven't followed this story, BYU, Brigham Young University in Utah and Duke University have been involved in a, another nonsensical experience. 
there was a, I think it was a soccer game. Don't hold me to that. I'm pretty sure it was a soccer game. And there was someone who tweeted that one of the students in the game, a black sophomore who was on the Duke team, was allegedly targeted with racial slurs repeatedly every time she served. It might have been tennis. I'm not sure. The person who perpetrated the story on Twitter is a former Texas County prosecutor named Lisa Pamplin, who happens to be running for county judge and said that Richardson is her goddaughter. So on Saturday of last week, she posted that Rachel Richardson, who is her goddaughter, was the victim of these these constant and incessant racial slurs every time she served in the game. Pamplin, who posted this to Twitter, was not at the game. She was not at the game. She heard it from someone who was not at the game. And the quote that was tweeted was, quote, she was threatened by a white male that told her to watch her back going to the team bus. A police officer had to be put by the bench. Not one freaking adult did anything to protect her, end quote. Now, let me say this. The game was sold out. There were 5,000 plus people there. There were security cameras there. Everybody has a phone. And there's no record of this happening. How is that possible? Somebody's yelling racial slurs at the top of their voice at a game, and they're yelling it repeatedly at a black player, and not one cell phone, not one security camera, not one witness who was there firsthand, saw it happen or heard it happen. This Pamplin, this perpetrator of the story, Lessa Pamplin, has a history of hateful and racist comments on Twitter about, guess what? White people. But BYU caved and they banned for life a handicapped white male student who they determined has a voice that sounds like the voice of the person shouting the slurs. You see, we're all guilty now until proven innocent because the left has an agenda. It's the Saul Alinsky playbook. It's rules for radicals. It's why we don't speak truth. We speak twisted truth. It's why we don't live in the light. We're living in the darkness, or at least the left is, and certainly Joe Biden is, I've seen very few things as dark as the image of Independence Hall bathed in a blood red light as he railed and shook his fists to the nation. Yes, it's not the word. It's the twisted word. Yes, it's not light. It's darkness. Yes, it's not truth. It's deception. That's where we are. And yes, you are guilty until proven innocent. Confusion and chaos are not only the tools of the day, they are the goal. They want us to a place where, like the Tower of Babel, nobody can speak to anybody else. Nobody can understand what's going on. Nobody can resist the powers that be. And then the heavy fist of rules for radicals will come down on all of us perhaps in the form of 87,000 IRS agents who, by the way, are being trained to be armed. I've spoken about this before, and the this that I've spoken about is the need for every single one of us to call it as we see it, to stand up for what we believe in, 
and to understand what's on the line, to understand where we are in this moment in human history, to understand that the battle between dark and light is not a new battle, but it rears its ugly head periodically in human evolution. And thanks to technology and thanks to the unhealthy relationship between government and technology, it's never had more potential for doing harm to more people with more severity and more long-lasting than ever before in human history. So wake up. Don't be woke. Wake up and understand what time it is and understand why you're here and understand the role you're to play through being the word, through being light, through being truth, in standing for everything good that we are capable of, and in being willing to plant your feet firmly in principles like the Constitution, the Bible, and the values and principles that you know in your heart are the highest good for all concerned. The light always prevails. That doesn't mean getting there is easy. This is our job, and it's a full-time job. And I know we're all tired, and I know we're all busy, and I know we're all concerned. But that was the intention, so that what we wouldn't be is all united. The United States of America. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again sometime later this week. And until then, by all means, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.